listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Save the Marriage Podcast, the podcast designed to help you save and restore your marriage, not just stop a divorce, but to get you to the place you want to be. It is the most popular Save the Marriage Podcast out there and the original. I've been doing this for a number of years now. This is episode number 363, plus a few bonus episodes. It's been downloaded over 3 million times around the world. The reason for that is because we struggle to understand what to do with the marriage crisis. In fact, let me step up a bit further. I believe that we struggle with how to have a good marriage, first of all. You didn't get the training you needed. Nobody does because we're suddenly thrust into this. And then suddenly you have to figure out how to sink or swim. If you get lucky and get to a place where your marriage is fulfilling, you're one of the lucky ones. It's almost a coin toss. And the thing is, when people get to a better place, they don't even know how they got there. What I've realized is because of that lack of training, We're playing catch-up for a lot of our marriage. We're trying to figure out how to get things moving forward because nobody showed us what to do. If your parents had a great relationship, what happened in that great relationship, what made it a great relationship, was probably invisible to you. If they had a, a bad marriage, not a great marriage, but a bad marriage, you didn't even have an example of what to look at about happiness, and that makes it even more confusing. So it is true that just under half of marriages end in divorce, but that doesn't mean that just under half of marriages are unhappy. Unfortunately, there are lots more unhappy marriages that stay together and never find a way forward. And so one of the things that I suggest is that it's not enough to stop a divorce. It's not enough just to save your relationship, to keep it floating, What we want to do is create a relationship that you would love and protect, that your spouse would love and protect, that this is where the important work is. This is the important work of how we move forward, I believe, in families, I believe, as couples, even as culture, because the underpinnings of every culture are the family units and how we step forward into relationships. So what do we do? Well, I wish I could step back and make everybody take a course and how to have a great marriage, but that's not happening. I've had lots of people tell me that they wish that people would read my Save the Marriage system, go through my system before they got married so they didn't have to play catch up after and they could have a great relationship from day one. But that's probably not going to happen either. So what we do is we work with where you are and figure out how to get you from where you are right now to where you want to be in a great relationship that has lots of connection, lots of love, lots of respect, and lots of the elements that would allow it to thrive in the midst of all the life struggles. And here we are. I mean, 2020 has dished it out. So we have a a litmus test almost of where your marriage is by how things are going and how you're facing them together. No, a great marriage will not make the pandemic go away. No, a great marriage will not make isolation or quarantine or anything else easy. But it will help make it easier because you're doing it together. 
You're standing through the process together through the tough times. So what does that mean? Well, we have to face the fact that many times marriages don't have the understanding. People don't have the understanding going into marriage, and then marriages suffer along the way. My task now for over 20 years, almost 30 years now, is to help couples thrive, to help individuals thrive, to help you thrive as you move forward. And one of the questions that always comes to me is, how hard is this going to be? How, what's, what am I facing here? So let me tell you, first of all, I can't tell you exactly how hard your task is in front of you. But second, I can tell you some of the complicators along the way. And I want you just to imagine that you've decided to go for a hike. You pick a trail, you've decided to go for a hike, and on that trail you know you're going to face some mountains. And your question is going to be, how hard is it going to be for me to climb the mountain? Well, I'm not going to be able to tell you exactly how hard it is because there are a lot of factors. But I can tell you about the factors that can determine how hard it is. So today I want to tell you how steep the climb might be, why it might be steeper, why it might be more difficult, why you might not be able to get your foothold as you're trying to climb that mountain. So let's go, first of all, with what I have realized along the way, and that is that marriage crises are not just one across the board the same thing. You can't say, oh, I'm in a crisis, and you are too. Well, we're in the same place. This is very much like an illness. Now, I've talked about this on my Thrivology podcast and even on this podcast that at the beginning of my career, I was a chaplain in a hospital. And one of the floors that I covered was the cancer floor. Uh, people who were there, uh, that was, we called it the oncology floor to use the scientific term, but cancer floor. People were there uh, with a diagnosis of cancer. Either they had just been diagnosed or they were in the midst of treatment. Now, you can't just say, oh, you have cancer, I have cancer too, so it's going to go the same way for us. Cancer goes the way cancer is going to go, depending on when you caught it and where it's located and how it responds to the treatment. All of those pieces are important parts of that puzzle. So, you know, sometimes people would come in and they would say, oh, man, we caught this so early. You're done. You're cured. It's over, right? And then there were times when people would come in and it was much further along and they would say, okay, you know, we're going to have to take this on and we're going to have to be pretty aggressive. And I don't know how it's going to turn out. Those all are the factors that happen. The, The further along the cancer is, the more aggressive the treatment and the more uncertain the future. Obviously, at some point, many people succumbed to cancer. Cancer won the battle. And I'll be honest and tell you that the same is true when I'm working with couples. Sometimes divorce wins the battle. And the reason is because of the factors that I want to talk about today on how that is. So so let's make a comparison. I'm going to make it a two-way comparison. So there are different stages. As I've been looking at this for a number of years, there are eight different stages to your marriage crisis. I talk about this in my quick start guide that's part of uh, my system because I want people to be able to assess where they are because where they are determines the treatment, just like in cancer. You know, oftentimes there are multiple stages, different stages in cancer. You're stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four cancer. And that determines kind of how bad it's gotten, whether it's in one little spot or whether it's spread to other organs or, or other systems and, and how far along it is. 
Same thing with your marriage crisis. There are eight stages, not four, eight stages. And each one determines a different path forward. So we've already compared it to a kind of cancer. There are four different stages to cancer. There are eight different stages to your marriage crisis. Now let's compare it to that mountain. Every stage of your crisis makes it more steep. So those different stages, let's talk about the first one. The first stage is that when you you know that there are some problems brewing, you just you kind of recognize there's some crises going on. Maybe you have some problems and they keep recurring and you can't ever get them fixed and you're not feeling as connected or in love as you were at one point. That's basically stage one. Now, stage one means that there's not been a whole lot of damage done. Yeah, you might feel a little more disconnected, and yes, you see a growing concern, but the true damage hasn't happened yet. That's stage one. And unfortunately, not many people seek out help at stage one. That's a great time to do that. One of the things I did when I was working in a counseling program, I saw all the people who got, can- who got married in a number of different faith organizations, and they had to come through my office for three sessions. And the biggest thing I could do for them is to convince them that they needed to come back sooner, not later. Some people would come back and say, hey, you're right, we're having some difficulties. Can you help us through that? The reason I wanted to come back early was for one simple reason. It's so much easier to deal with the crisis early on than to wait for it to have gotten a lot worse. It's same with cancer. Maybe you see a spot and you're like, oh, maybe that's something, but I don't want to mess with it right now. And you let it go. But maybe instead you go, I think I'm going to have that looked at. And the doctor says, oh, yeah, that's cancer, but we got it. No big deal. But what if it progresses? What if it gets worse? What if it keeps on going? The final stage of the crisis, and that doesn't mean it's the final stage of the marriage, but the final stage of the crisis, the one that you really have to look out for, that stage is when a spouse has actually left and started legal proceedings. It doesn't get worse than that because the next stage beyond that is you're divorced. Now, let me just say, I've seen lots of people who have even been able to save their marriage kind of after divorce. They've, they've had to retroactively save their marriage. The marriage has ended, and then they find a way back into their relationship. But within your marriage crisis, as you would understand it right now, that is the eighth stage. Spouses left. Legal proceedings have begun. Now, there, it's possible that you say, okay, well, legal proceedings have started, but my spouse is still in the house, so it's not that bad. Well, Many times, couples, for practicality reasons, especially these days with quarantine and other things, do an in-house separation. So there's in-house separation. The the spouse has still kind of left the relationship and has started legal proceedings. So that still counts as a stage eight. Okay, so there are another, what, six different levels between stage one, where you see it coming, and stage eight. I'm not going to go through each one. It just would take too much time. But understand, for instance, the flip point of between four and five. Stage four is when there's a threat to leave. Stage five is when a spouse is left. And what you need to understand is at every stage, at every next stage, the mountain gets steeper. It goes higher. The climb to get 
to the top and over the other side and to save your relationship gets steeper and harder at each of those levels. So stage one, I mean, it's basically you're okay. I've got to go for a walk, right? I'm, I'm going to have to hike. I'm going to have to get back to where we were. We can't just kind of cruise along like we've been doing, but maybe it doesn't even get you out of breath, right? I mean, maybe you don't even break a sweat on it. You just got to figure out the patterns and, and change them. So that's not a big deal. Stage eight, though, you're clawing up a very steep, very difficult, and somewhat dangerous predicament for your marriage. It may not be dangerous for you yourself, but dangerous to your relationship. Because now you're responding to the legal issue. Now you're out of contact with your spouse. They've left, right? And so each of those stages adds to how steep it is and how high it is. And the better thing is to catch it earlier so it's not as steep and to catch it before the next stage so it's not as high and you can begin to address it much quicker. So those eight stages are basically how high and how steep the mountain is. But we've got to add something in on that because there's not a time zone. You you don't go from stage one to stage two in three months and then stage two to stage three, you know, in six months. There's no time frame to it. So now let's add a time frame. One of the things that has been very clear to me is the longer a crisis goes on without resolution – the lower the chances of turning it around. The crisis becomes the norm. So the longer we allow the stagnation, the difficulties in the relationship, the harder it is to get action. This is one of those things that kind of breaks my heart because you you can't go back and reclaim the time that's already happened. Many times when I was a chaplain, I would sit with people and they're like, man, I just regret that I didn't go have this checked out earlier. I I regret that I didn't take aggressive steps earlier. I regret that I didn't change my life earlier. So many regrets over time that's already passed. And you can't go back and reclaim it. Time keeps marching on. Now, what breaks my heart is when somebody contacts me and says, I knew it was a problem. And I got your system, but I didn't do anything with it. I had this very conversation maybe a couple of days ago, and the person said, I've had your system now for over a year, and I did nothing with it. Maybe I was hoping that things were getting better, so I didn't do anything with it. What a tragedy of losing a whole year of potential change, a whole year of healing and hope and help. But imagine that that has passed and here you are now because that is where you are now. Where you are now is where things are. So we can't go back and reclaim time. The only thing we can do is to make a decision going forward. Do you allow more time to pass? Or do you start digging in and make the climb? I mean, let's go back to that analogy. The mountain is looming in front of you. Time is clicking. You know you've got to cross that mountain. You can sit in base camp, right? You can sit at the bottom of the hill if you wanted to. You can make camp there and wait it out. But the mountain is only doing one thing, which is now we're killing the metaphor of the mountain, but it's only growing steeper, 
right? It's, it's like evolution is pushing or, or geology is pushing it up, right? The tectonic plates are pushing together and pushing the mountain range higher and higher as you're camped at the bottom going, I don't know, should I do something or not? The answer is yes, because the longer time goes, the lower your chances are of making that hike successfully. So second factor is time. First factor is the stage. Second factor is time. And it may seem like those two fit together, but I can tell you I've seen people go from stage one to stage five and skip every stage in between. The stages are not necessarily a chronology. They're not based in time. They're, it's not like I can say, oh, it's been five years. Well, you're at stage whatever, right? You can't do that. Some marriages will stay at stage one for an extended period of time. Some marriages go from stage one all the way to three or four or five in a heartbeat. In fact, I've seen some that basically seem to have gone from about stage two or three to stage eight in a matter of weeks. So the staging is one piece. How, figuring out what stage you're in is, is kind of like in cancer. You know, you go, you look at the tumor, you look at the spread, you look at how aggressive it is. And all of those factors allow a doctor to say stage three, stage two, stage four, stage one, whatever that is. Quick Start Guide will help you look at that and say, okay, I'm at stage two, three, four. Five, six, seven. Oh, I'm at eight. Now you already know what eight is. You, you already know if it's at that point. So then there's one other piece that you need to understand. Another complicator is how many failed attempts there have been for change, individual change and relational change. The more times you have tried to make a change and not made it stick, the harder it is the next time you try. There's a growing cynicism. There's a growing disbelief. There's a growing disregard that happens at every attempt that's failed. So many times people come in and tell me, you know, we've been working on this for a long time. I've made mistakes in my efforts. I haven't stayed on track. I thought I had made some changes. The changes weren't real. I mean, so many times people will tell me about the fact that they have not made the progress that they had promised a spouse over and over. And it could be both people doing that. But generally, it's one person who is knowing they need to make some changes and they're not making them. And eventually, a spouse is enough's enough. That's what happens. So the third complicator, the third thing that makes it more unstable as you're trying to climb is failed attempts in the past. You kind of think of that, you know, as when you're climbing a mountain, you know, sometimes you have a really nice trail and it's clear and other times the rocks are all around you and every time you take a step forward, they they crumble all around you. They fall apart. That's the same as this. The, the fall apart of the trail is basically the failed attempts because it's going to be a little bit harder to catch your traction. It's going to be a little bit harder to make that climb work the more often you've tried and failed. And the problem is most people try and fail a few times before they do something for real. 
this is kind of one of those things where I realize it's it's like, you know, it's maybe stop smoking or stopping eating junk food or something like that or, or drugs, stop drugs, stop drinking, whatever you want to equate it to. But many people make an attempt, but it's kind of a half-hearted attempt. Yeah, yeah, they know they need to do something different, but they really haven't bought into changing their life just yet. And because they haven't bought into that, they don't really follow through. And then finally they go, okay, this is serious. Now, the unfortunate thing, back to the medical piece, the unfortunate thing is we often realize it's serious when it's now dangerous. So part of human nature is that we put off what we can to conserve the energy we can until we realize we can't anymore. And and that's one of the things that we really have to work on as human beings, people who are wanting to make changes in the world, people who want to thrive, you have to say, I'm not going to wait for the crisis. I'm going to do something now. You know, I've had this recurring conversation with people when I was a clinician. They would come in and say, you know what? My blood pressure's down. I'd say, oh, great. And they said, yeah, you know, because of that, I'm going to stop taking my blood pressure medication, to which I would say, don't you think there's a connection, right? You're taking the blood pressure medication, and that's helping your blood pressure. Generally, they didn't see quite the connection. The same is true many times when we're looking at prevention stuff. You know, people are like, see, I, di- I didn't get diabetes. And part of it is because they changed their their eating. Or if you look at COVID now, you know, a lot of people are like, well, it's, it's not so bad. Look at that. And the reason it's not so bad right now is because we've actually done some things to manage it. Right. And, and so that becomes invisible. And so let's say that there is an illness somewhere and it, it kicks up. Right. And but we do everything we can to keep that from spreading and it's successful. And then we say, well, see, it wasn't any big deal. But that's the same kind of mentality we have that sometimes we don't take action until things are really desperate, really bad. Now, to bring it back home, back to the marriage. We often don't make real changes until our back is against the wall, or to use the analogy, until the climb is obviously very steep. So that's the pieces of the puzzle for you to understand. There are these three factors that are going to determine how hard the climb is back to the health of your relationship. First of all, which stage are you in? Stage one through eight. Now, if you need help with that, Quick Start Guide is a great place to get that because each stage has a distinct way you need to follow through. It's like a whole new path. That's the first factor. The second factor is how long has this gone on? Has this gotten gone on so long that people have basically lost their hope of any possibility of change? The third factor is how many uh, failed attempts have there been up until now? The more failed attempts, the harder it is to get traction on that mountain, no matter how steep it is. Now, what does that mean for you? Well, what I want you to think about is if you're approaching a mountain, you can just go, okay, I'm just going to stumble my way up. And it, it might work. Or you might want to find a path, maybe a guide that can help you see through the path, that can warn you about the, the scree, the loose rocks that are around, that can warn you about the places that's super steep. Well, that's really what my Save the Marriage system is about. It's going to show you the ways to maybe make the path a little easier. 
Years ago, my family and I uh, went to Mount LeConte, which is in North Carolina. At the top of the mountain is a lodge, and the only way you can get to the lodge is to hike up. But there are several different ways to hike up. You can go super steep, shorter, but super steep. Or you can make it longer and meandering, but easier to get there, or the one in between. Now, what if I were to tell you that, yeah, from where you're looking, it's a super steep mountain. But if you just go to the other side, you'll see it's a lot easier. That's what I'm talking about with the Save the Marriage system. Does it take out all the difficulty? No, there's got to be change. You're going to have to hike it up. This is where I then warn you. Sometimes people are like, tell me the shortcut, right? Give me the hint. Give me the tip. The tip's not going to get you to the top of the mountain. The shortcut is not going to get you to the top of the mountain. There are easier ways to do it and more difficult ways to do it, but you still have to climb to get there. The Save the Marriage system is designed to help you, A, shorten the climb, B, unsteep the climb, and C, help you to understand how to make that climb as healthily as possible. That's the system. You can find the system by going to savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. It's a great place to start. Now, what I do once you grab the system is I'm going to make an offer to you for a free week of my VIP program. You don't have to accept it, but it's going to make the climb a lot easier and a lot faster. It's going to help you understand by giving you extra tools. But a lot of people are like, you know, I just, I just need to make the climb. And the system will help you do that. The system will get you there. But if you wanted more, grab that free week. If it's available, it's not always available, but if it's available and I make the offer, grab that. Now, the other thing we make sure is that we have one of my coaches contact you for a get started session. You just claim that session. You don't have to. We don't force it on you. We don't surprise you with a phone call. The coach connects with you. You get it scheduled. Very simple. But we want to make sure that you have a guide on the path to get you started, to at least say, hey, there, there's the trail right there. That's, that's where you want to follow that trail. Don't follow this one because that's a bad one. But follow this one. That's what that coaching session is about. Now, again, those are just our ways of making sure you're on the trail. You already know there's a mountain there. Maybe the clouds are, are keeping it covered for you, but you know there is a mountain there. And you know you have to climb it. You know it's time to climb it. So let's get you started. Jump over to savethemarriage.com. Let's get you up and over that hill to the marriage that you and your spouse would love and would protect for the rest of your life. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. Listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.